Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Singer, songwriter, guitarist and fiddle player Bonnie Kellett is one of the busiest live performers in Australia, which I know because I've seen her play several times this year um, between solo performances and touring with Amber Lawrence and many other shows. But this year she's also found time to release her debut album, Hidden Spirit, and a completely new single, Bare Feet. So she manages to fit it all in and I'm going to talk to her about it. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a great pleasure because I have seen you play lots of times in different ways and um, and I know you're a very in-demand performer. So I'm wondering how many shows you have played this year, if you oh. kept count, that is. Oh, no, I have not kept count, although now I wish I had, um, but a lot. Um, uh, I think just last week alone uh, I was uh, at eight in a week, uh, so it was you know, it's, it's been a big year, um, and, which I'm so grateful for, because especially after, um, you know, the, the, the dreaded COVID times, um, it's just been so nice to be back on the road and back on the stages and to see so many people so, so, so much supporting live music and so positive about it. And just, yeah, just to see that support and love for it out there has just been so nice. Now, you have just come off a cruise ship because you're on cruising country and Amber Lawrence, with whom you play as part of her band and also as her support act, um, she was on that cruise. But I imagine you probably had some other shows to do while you were there. I did. I did. Uh, so I was booked on there uh, to do uh, my own shows as well, uh, which was really exciting uh, and 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 uh, did uh, backing vocals for Amber Lawrence for her two shows as well. Uh, and I was able to do it in the finale uh as well which was really exciting um but on top of that uh bill chambers asked me to jump on and do a duet with him uh and the buckley's asked me to jump on and do some fiddle playing uh for a song so yeah and oh and duncan tombs also asked me to jump up and sing a a shania song and we love some shania right so uh (laughs) it it was just one of the most incredible experience that was my first cruise in general i've i've never been on a cruise um so this was my first time doing both and um yeah it was just such a great experience because you know you really you had you had the audience and and the musicians you know really bonding you know we would all get up and go and watch each other perform and get on the dance floor and everybody was on the dance floor and we all just had a great time and i i think that there is really something special to say for organizing such an incredible cruise like that with so many, you know, uh, country artists, especially Australian country artists that, you know, so that we can keep growing and, you know, keep getting out there and giving us, you know, opportunities. And it's, it's just really great to be a part of it. I think the range of acts you've just mentioned who you played with demonstrates your versatility as an artist, but also suggests to me that once some, once the Buckley's bill and Duncan, you, you were on the cruise, they're like, great. Yeah, <laughs> sure we can use her. So it must it must be great to have those connections, but also know that that um, those people can look to you to join them. It, it was I, I like it was so much fun. Uh, you know, I I saw Bill and Bill was like, uh, you know, I've played with Bill before, and he goes, oh, you're on the cruise. You know, can you do this duet with me? I'll give you the song. I'll give you the lyrics. We'll play it tomorrow. <laughs> so. I- 
<laughs> I was back in my room and I was, uh, yeah, I was learning on guitar and, and learning it quickly. And, uh, and then it was uh, Wagon Wheel with the, um, uh, with the Buckleys. So uh, I've just put up a little, uh, a little, you know, snippet video on my, uh, on my socials uh, of my time on there. And there's a little tiny moment where you can see me sitting on my bed, practicing the violin. Uh, so <laughs> that was uh, Wagon Wheel for the Buckleys. Yeah, <laughs> I've often wondered, though, with Prison Country, um, whether there is any separation between the artist and the audience when you're not on stage. Because I tend to think, you know, it's, it's, and I know the Tamworth Country Music Festival, everyone's kind of in the town together, but you do have your accommodation you can go back to. You're not on a ship together. So do you need to maintain a bit of distance just to keep your energy levels up for performance? No, not at all. In fact, I actually really adored it. I, 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 I found myself... It, it took me a while to kind of get used to it because, you know, I mean, I'm still new on the scene, so I still feel like, you know, people don't really recognize me. Um, and so, you know, when I kind of started noticing it on the cruise, I was actually really enjoying it, you know, and, and walking past people and, you know, saying hi and people would come up to me and give me a hug and ask for photos. And I really enjoyed it. I, I found it so positive and, you know, I, Somebody asked me how my cruise was going and, and my answer to them was, I've been on in, in a space with people and artists who are just as passionate as in country music as I am mm -hmm. and everybody is just so positive. My heart is full. My heart is absolutely full. Um, so, yeah, and, and I even I brought my mum along and um, she's, she still lives in Adelaide. Um, so it was really nice that I was able to bring her along and spend some time with her because, you know, I don't get to go home to Adelaide too often. So having her there and, you know, she's a huge fan of country music. She's been a big influence on me growing up and, and, and her and dad. And, you know, so to bring her along to this um, and to have her there was something really special to have her, you know, experience it. And there is a song on your album about your father, the humble hero and uh, the fiddle that he brought home for you. Um, so what did your parents listen to when you were growing up that had an influence on you musically? Oh, everything. And, and such a great question. And cause a lot of the songs, you know, uh, were a lot of just old time folky, uh, you know, just, uh, what's the word, you know, just uh, songbook songs. Um, because dad was big on jams. So the only thing dad, if, if dad was alive to be at cruising country, the only thing he, I, I don't think I would have been able to stop him from jumping on the stage, especially with Bill Chambers, you know, because <laughs> he was so much about just like, you know, getting into, um, you know, getting, getting into a, uh, like around the fire, around the campfire, and just having a big jam with everybody. But, you know, I think that a lot of the time, you know, it was, there was a lot of country. So, you know, there was a lot of Dolly Parton and, you know, Johnny Cash and, you know, all of, all of those amazing famous people. And then, you know, throw in a bit of Beatles and throw in some, you know, War of the Worlds, you know, <laughs> I know yeah. some just very strange uh, choices, but, you know, um, yeah, he, I, I think that, he took me along to a lot of um, uh, Irish jigs mm -hmm. and things like that, where we would just basically play a whole lot of uh, Irish songs um, and fiddle songs. Um, Casey Chambers, of course, was a big one on the list as well. Uh, yeah. She's 
she was a big inspiration to me also growing up. So we had all her albums as well. And yeah, it was, yeah. And another South Australian too, because she another South Australian. Yep, yep, spent, well, she spent some of her childhood on the Nullarbor, but some in South Australia. That's right. That's right. She is actually the reason why I'm I play guitar. Um, so I I, I played fiddle at, and uh, uh, from the age of five, and when uh, I was just about to go into high school, um, I met one of her cousins who at a folk, folk festival who was just singing all of her songs um, and we became friends and I heard all of Casey Chambers songs through her and um, you know when I went to high school they told me I couldn't play violin in the school band um, that yeah that the violin couldn't be in the band um, that I needed to pick another instrument uh, so uh, I, I asked for singing and they said oh we don't have any singing teachers pick another instrument uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I picked guitar uh, because I'd been watching Casey Chambers' cousin and the first song that I ever learned was Cry Like a Baby. Ah. Did you find the transition from violin to guitar tricky? Because they're not they're not at all the same instrument. Yeah. I, I at first wasn't so good on chords. I was actually better on lead at first because that was that was more like violin. Um but you know, I I chose guitar because because I wanted to sing and you know, I I was like, well, you know, if I can play my own instrument and, you know, that will be able to, you know, help me sing and I'll be able to ha- have more opportunities and eventually then become a songwriter as well. So, you know, it's it's been a very lucky thing that, you know, it, it, you know, uh, that the school told me I couldn't play violin because, you know, I picked up another instrument because of that. So at the point at which you asked if voice could be your instrument, obviously you had been doing some singing or you wanted to do some singing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, my mum would definitely tell you that I could probably talk underwater. <laughs> um, I have always just sung. Um, I actually didn't get proper lessons until pretty much I, I went to uni and I studied a Bachelor of Music and that was kind of the first proper lessons. I'd had kind of a couple of lessons here and there, um, but mostly self-taught um, due to I, I think the violin because you use so much of your ear you know to to hit your tone and things so um but yeah singing's always been um a bit uh something that i've loved and enjoyed so uh yeah it i think it just found its way in wherever it could i just you know if i couldn't sing then i'll play guitar and sing you know yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in addition to your bachelor of music i was interested to see that you did an advanced diploma in performing arts and it was acting that you focused on so i'm wondering uh I'm sure there are skills you've taken from that interstage performance, but I'm wondering if you actually studied that for performance as a musical artist rather than wanting to become an actor. That's a very, very good question. Um, so yes, uh, well, I, I wanted to become an actor. When I when I left school, um, I wanted to go into acting. That was kind of my 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 goal. Um, but I also loved musicals and I loved singing, and I just figured that they all kind of went in turn with each other anyway. And I, I do actually remember having a, uh, a thought that came through my head in the first term of doing that acting course, which was, which was what am I doing here? I, mm-hmm. I wanna sing, you know, um, I should be doing a music course, you know? And then I went, yeah, but, you know, through acting, that will actually help me with my music. Um, so, 
uh, I definitely don't regret that time. And I think that a lot of my storytelling with my songwriting comes from acting and being able to go into a character, even if that character is myself in that time where I was when I wrote the song, you know, you've got to go back there. Sometimes you don't want to go back there. Believe me, I've written uh, some of those songs I've written like Gaslight, you know, it's not a place I, I like going back to, but you know, you've got to be able to go back into that space as a performer and then be able to come back out of it safely. I think that's also very important for anybody in any sort of performing arts industry. Um, and, you know, I think that also telling a story with an arc, you know, having a beginning, having a middle, having an end, mm. um, and also just, yeah, basically having a, a, a reason why you're telling the story. I think, I think that's why I love country music so much is because it is a storytelling form of music. And, you know, if you, that's, that's exactly what I love doing. I love being able to tell a story through the form of music and having something to say, I think also is very important. So all of my songs, they have a meaning, they have something to say, they have a lesson or they have a vision or trying to help someone through. So for example, with Gaslight, the reason why I wrote Gaslight was, you know, music helped me through that time when I was going through that situation. So I really wanted to be able to gift that to anybody that might find themselves in a situation like that, that maybe my music might help them through it and might help them out of it and might help them see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I guess also just that understanding you have of structuring a story, the beginning, middle and end, and that what you were talking about with going into a, a character and being able to safely come out of it, that might influence how you choose to sell the, tell those stories in your songs and how you frame them. Because uh, I would think that you are very aware of telling the story directly to someone who, as you said, might might learn something from that experience or take something from it. So has it shaped your songwriting that way? In fact, were you songwriting before you studied performing arts or did they happen or did that start around the same time? Yeah, yeah, great question. And um, to answer the, I'll, I'll answer it in two parts. Um, the first part is uh, yes, definitely, because I think that even though I, I, I tell like Hidden Spirit, I was going through a very difficult time. Actually, I have to, it's hard to kind of, uh, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. Um, so I never actually saw myself as a songwriter until yeah. I went through a really difficult situation. Um, and that was the, a relationship that I went through and the passing of my father. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was always very happy performing other people's work. So, you know, I was happy being given music and just giving that music a voice, whether it was my voice or the violin or performing or acting, I didn't see myself as a writer. Um, and then, uh, but funnily enough, when I was actually in primary school, I and, and beginning of high school, and my, all my English teachers were actually pushing me to do writing, but I just didn't, I just didn't see myself as a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so I went through this very difficult time um, in a relationship that, you know, wasn't a healthy relationship. And I got myself out of it. And the the positive thing out of that relationship was that I found a voice and so hidden spirit in itself is very much a time capsule of something that I went through you know about six ish years ago mm -hmm. and it very much every single song 
has a light at the end of the tunnel. So at no point did I want any of my songs to be, you know, a negative or a downer or depressing. All of it is, yes, this happened, but, you know, through strength, you get strength through adversity and you learn, you learn life lessons and you create a support network and, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And if you get out of it, then, you know, you don't know what will happen. And very much for me, I, I, I went and saw my producer, Govinda Doyle, and said, you know, I have these songs and I don't know what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And he helped me, you know, create them into what Hidden Spirit is today. And, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it to, you know, to, to go number two on the ARIA charts, for example. So for that, that was a dream come true that, you know, that something like some, something that I created mm-hmm. would go that far. And, you know, it, it fills me with such joy and, you know, to everybody who's come up to me and, and told me that it's touched them or they've, they've been there and it's helped them through it. You know, I've already been having those conversations with people and I, I feel like that's, that was always what I set out to do. That was always the journey that I was meant to do. And so that, yeah, it just very much fills me with love. Uh, which is fantastic and congratulations on the chart position and on the audience feedback because I, I think most people who have a response to a performance or a song wouldn't tell the artist just because I think most people are naturally shy about it. Sure. So I think reckon for every one person who comes up, there are at least a dozen more for whom it's meant something. Um, but I'm also thinking about the fact that the album documents a part in your life that was very difficult. So in a way it would be tempting to just say, oh, well, I'm just going to put that there now and that's in the past but of course you're performing these songs so has your relationship to the past changed a bit uh, you know have, do you start to think of things a bit differently or I guess deal with them differently because you have this chance to essentially remake this story every time you perform the songs well because it was quite quite interesting uh that you know when I I started recording this album in January of 2020 so the 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 years that I kind of went through these things was kind of 2017 to 2019, even 2020. Um, but, you know, obviously we went into the, I don't, I, I didn't have all the songs written though, actually, when I, some of the songs came through a little bit later because I finished recording it in July of 2020. So there was a few new songs that kind of came in a little bit later. Um, but very much, you know, we went into the world went into lockdown and I, you know, was having trouble getting into the studio um, to finish the album. And then once we finished the album, then I had to find a team um, to re- release the music. And then just as I found my team, just as, you know, we were talking about a photo shoot and getting everything ready to go, boom, we went into our second lockdown, mm. <laughs> you know, and uh, so then I had to wait again. Um, so for me, by the time it got the, the album got released, I was very much past everything that I'd gone through. Um, but I felt like every single, like I looked at the songs on the album just before the album came out and I went, I don't have to release all these songs. I can keep some of these songs. And I just thought, you know what? Every song on that album has its place, has its story, has a reason. And I felt that removing any of the songs 
actually kind of removed that time capsule for me anyway i'm not sure how it would sound to anybody else but for me it just seemed like it was missing a piece of the puzzle Mm -hmm. um so i very much decided to give it its time i felt like it really needed its time um and i'm and i'm so proud of it and i'm so glad that i did it and i'm so glad that it is out there and it and it and it is doing what it needs to do um but i have been writing like absolute crazy for the like since 2020 um and i have so much that i want to share and for me it's it's so much with releasing music right now i'm like i just have so much and i just i just want to just want to release it and i just want people to hear it and you know i think that you know my love and passion for writing is at its strongest that it's ever been um and so that's why you know when it came to releasing my next single, we talked about releasing something from Hidden Spirit. And, you know, I said, as much as I'm happy to do that, I think I'm ready to show a new side of me that is, you know, where I am now versus where I am when I was going through that situation. Yeah, which brings us to bare feet because yes, I did presume when the when you were, I heard you releasing a single, I thought, oh, well, it must be from Hidden Spirit because the album hasn't been out that long. It's a completely new song and it is a summary song. So what's yeah. the story behind it? Yeah, you can definitely tell. I'm like, no, I can't wait. I just, <laughs> I, I have so much music. Just just let me release music. Um, so I think that that for me will always be, you know, something that, you know, I'll, I'll do. It might not be the smartest decision, you know, business-wise to make, but I, you know, people can listen to the album and now it's time for new music. Um, so with this one, uh, I wrote this, I mean, this one has been on quite a journey. I originally wrote this during the first few weeks of lockdown, the first lockdown, mm-hmm. um, cause I went back to Adelaide and I, I didn't make it quite before the cutoff. So I had to go into two weeks of isolation. I missed the cutoff going across the border by like two hours, I think. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but it is about the last night that I spent, I was working on uh, an island as the musician in Queensland and, you know, it was it was the weirdest thing watching the world go into this lockdown while I was on an island that was 1.3 kilometres by 500 metres with less than 100 people on the island, I'd say, and but yet the whole world is closing down and you know when we were told we all had to leave and I'd fallen in love with a boy on the album on the album <laughs> on a <laughs> it's an interesting slip we maybe yeah. some songs <laughs> <laughs> on the island I'd fallen in love with a boy on the island uh and he was staying and I had to go mm-hmm. uh he was staying on the island to help keep it up and clean and things um and you know other friends that I'd made were going back to Canada or Japan or you know whatever country that they were from everybody was everybody had to leave everybody had to go home and on the last night we held the biggest funnest party I've ever experienced it was so much fun and nobody wanted that sun to rise nobody wanted the day that like the night to end and the, and the day to happen because we didn't know what was going to happen. We were all like, there was a little bit of scaredness of like, oh my God, what's, what are we waking up to tomorrow? So it was just fun and I was in love. And, you know, I was, I just wanted to capture that moment and that 
feeling of just absolute freedom because you just don't know what's going to happen next. So you may as well enjoy the moment. Mm. And as we, as we came to release it, you know, I kind of questioned, I was like, you know, ah, oh, you know, I, it, it got a rewrite. It has been rewritten this year. Um, and, you know, I kind of questioned, I was going, oh, you know, I know it is about, you know, COVID and I know that we've started to move on from COVID. Um, but very much what I'm seeing on the other side of COVID is, uh, you know, at all the gigs that I do is that people aren't dancing so much. Right. And I think part of me thinks that that's because we were told we weren't, we, like we've just spent the last two years being told we weren't allowed to dance. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to release this song because now it's, I'm trying to say like, let's just have a good time. Like we've just spent the last few years, you know, just being locked up, being cooped up. And I think we just need to have, you know, I don't think we need permission, but here is the permission to go out, have a good time, go and dance, have fun, you know? And so that's very much what bare, bare feet is for me now. So it's kind of got to, I think that also answers your question about, you know, how a song will continue with me onwards. It will always find a different meaning moving yeah. through the times. I do think adults need to give themselves permission to dance. Kids do it quite instinctually and then they get self-conscious about it because adults make them self-conscious. Yeah. Um, and I wonder partly if uh, lockdowns and not dancing has made everyone more, even more self-conscious about expressing themselves that way. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's great when another adult gives people permission to get up and dance. It's always that first person. You just need that first person to get up on the dance floor and then you need that second person. Um, yes, I'm normally the first person on the dance floor. because Yay, I, I, we I love the it. first person. My mum is always the first person on the dance floor, so I think I get it from her because I'm always the first person on the dance floor yeah. as well. Well, because people do follow. And, um, yeah. yeah, so if you have a track that encourages that, so much the better. Um, I will say, though, at, so at several of the gigs that I've seen you play at, there has been a lot of movement because they are very upbeat, entertaining gigs, whether that's been with Amber or with you had Courtney Kyle, Abby Ferris, the three of you did a short tour called Fierce and Fearless. So I'm wondering if you're planning to do any more shows, the three of you? Yes. Uh, with the two of us, Abby has had some other opportunities so right. she has decided to step away. Um, but Courtney and I have decided to continue on the Fierce and Fearless tour, right. um, which is very exciting. We have uh, our first headlining tour uh, of Fierce and Fearless at um, the Tamworth Country Music Festival. This is the first time we've ever headlined. Mm -hmm. um, so that is on Sunday, 21st of January at Moonshiners at 7 right. p.m. Um, and that's going to include some very special guests, which I will keep under wraps. You have to <laughs> come along to see who they are. And it's with a full band, which is really exciting as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we've even, we've just locked in. I am yet to announce on social media, but I can announce mm -hmm. um, that we have, are performing at the Laycock Street Theatre in uh, Gosford uh, on the 13th of April next year as well so that's our second date that we've locked in and there's a few more that are that are in the works that we're just waiting to uh get locked in but you know we're excited for for next year and Courtney's great to work with I think that we both share very much a a similar viewpoint in life you know we're both very positive people and we're both very passionate about music so you know I absolutely love working with her and I look forward to more fierce and fearless shows in the future I imagine that that you have to schedule 
those a fair way ahead just because your schedule would be booked pretty far ahead, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, uh, it's 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 always nice and surprising when something you know kind of drops into your lap. So you know, we we just we make it work sometimes. <laughs> No, um, just going back to the lockdown time or just coming out of lockdown, what were the first shows you played after that? Oh, good question. You'd think I'd remember. Um, I, I want to say, like, I did a lot at the Old Manly Boat Shed, um, which is an amazing venue. I absolutely love performing there. And that's got such a rich history of, you know, all in the 80s when, you know, all of those Australian bands were, you know, coming up and, you know, they had their their route that they would always do. And, and the Old Manly Boat Shed um, was, was one of those places that they would always play at. And that is a, definitely a place when it's very interesting. I've played there, you know, during COVID when, you know, only a limited amount of people were allowed to go in there and you know you weren't allowed to dance and then I've been in there with a band and there's probably you know 200 people in there and it's so packed and everybody's getting up and dancing so you know I I spend a lot of time there um uh especially yeah coming out of COVID I'd say that was probably the main the main place but just a lot of just you know, little places around, you know, Sydney, um, the Squires Landing has been another venue that has been really supportive of me um, and and my music. So, you know, um, it's, you know, and then uh, Amber and I started working together. God, it's, I think it's been about a year and a half now since uh, we started working together. Um, and so, yeah, she would definitely be on the list of shows that were just after yeah lockdown i think maybe six months maybe uh after but yeah yeah i think getting on the road with her partly why i'm asking is because given the the number of shows you play and the different types you play your gig fitness is extraordinary so i'm interested in how long it took you to get to the point where you could be trapped so it's travel it's it's those big high energy shows that Amber has where you're also the support act um, and you're doing a range of things. You're playing fiddle, you're playing guitar, you're singing. Um, and then for you coming out of that, did it feel like it took a while to get yourself to the point where where you had that sense of, yes, this is a momentum, I can keep going? Good, good question. Um, I think I, I was very, very lucky during COVID um, as a musician as a musician that survived being a full-time musician um, through COVID. And one of the reasons why I was able to survive was because I loop um, like Ed Sheeran doing looping. Um, so, you know, at during a time when venues couldn't afford a band because um, they could only have so many people per square meter, um, so, you know, that was really hard for them to be making money to be able to afford to put music on mm-hmm. and especially not a band. And even if they did have enough money for a band, most of the time their stages are too small to be able to keep each and every five band members 1.5 metres apart. Right. So where I was able to kind of come in on that was that with looping, I can make it sound like a band's there by you know hitting the guitar and making drum sound and putting down a bass line and playing guitar plus singing plus the fiddle um when times were tough you know i could step in and 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 do that 
it's it's not something that I, I would normally never ever be like you can you can have a solo artist instead of a band because I would never ever suggest that but during the COVID times for that specific reason um, that also just kept my head above water financially um, right. uh, and it kept me gig fit as well um, uh, I I know that it looks like I've on paper that I've only been around since uh, last year February, um, but I've been playing violin since I was five years old and um, playing professionally since I was seventeen. So uh, I've I've been around enough that I I think the the gig fitness is something that I think is really really important to make sure that you stay gig mm-hmm. fit. Um, so even when we were in those complete lockdowns, um, I was still practicing every day and writing and learning and, you know, and just because I was, like you say, I was scared that I was going to lose my gig fitness. And I, I think that, you know, when you, when we did come back, that was something that you do have to, even, even with practicing, um, because, you know, a lot of it's the lugging the gear, you know, a lot of it's, the the fitness that you need in order to you know carry the speakers and carry the stands and the leads and set it all up and pack it all down and you know it's it is something that you've you've got to keep fit for so yeah even even just exercising during lockdown when we couldn't even leave the house very important yeah and also managing energy levels because that and that's not something that you can be taught and it's it's not something that this, you can necessarily train for it only comes through experience so um but yeah anyone who's seen you perform can tell you you as you said on paper you may have been around only a little bit that's definitely not the case whenever i've seen you perform it's like this is someone who knows exactly what she is doing <laughs> i think um and again and it comes down to that i just didn't see myself as a writer um so i I'm very, I feel very, very blessed that I have been able to do so much in a short amount of time because I, again, it, I, it wasn't something that I, I thought that if, if that makes any sense, I, I, I absolutely just love this and I'm so passionate about it. And, and I'm so grateful that for the opportunities that I've been given. And, you know, I, I think that everything that I've been through, you know, with the, you know, with the training and, you know, going, going to university and things like that, it, it, it does, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get you ready for the reality of what gig life is, especially with someone incredible like Amber Lawrence, who is gigging every single week in multiple cities, in multiple states. I think there was one weekend we might've gone to Dubbo and then we were in Queensland and then we're in Melbourne within three days like it was you know there there are days you those are things that you can't get taught definitely um but you know I think that I think that going to these courses helped me you know get taught the arc and especially Actors Centre Australia they they very much taught me how to commit myself and to be strong and to you know, be serious and professional. And I think that that's, you know, learning that professionalism is something that that also you need to learn on top of the music and the writing. And I mean, there's so many aspects to it. I mean, in, you know, on top of that, you've got to have your own business, you know, and be able to, you you know, it, you're not just a musician in this industry and especially anymore, like now with social media, you know, you're your own marketing person and you're your own accountant and, mm. you know, your own booker. Um, 
that's it and it's 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 a big it's a big job uh but I feel so grateful to be waking up and doing this every single day of my life and and you know and and kind of pinch pinch myself pinch me Sophie (laughs) it does seem to me like you you did put everything in place in a timely fashion you didn't rush it you actually put these different components there and then when the time was right for you to create songs everything was there to do it and and here you are writing and releasing still more new music um so you have the show with Courtney in Tamworth on the 21st do you I I imagine there are other Tamworth shows you're doing yes (laughs) yes uh I'm performing the country under the vines that's on the same day that's actually earlier in the day um but that's for the Ronald McDonald house charity um so uh you know, there's uh, Andrew Farris is in that as well, as well as, um, you know, we've got quite a few different artists on that day, but all the proceeds uh, go to Ronald McDonald House, which I think is a really great uh, charity to be, yeah, to to be able to do this for. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And mm-hmm. uh, both Courtney and I are doing the Tamworth Opry as well, which is really oh. exciting. And there'll be a fan zone uh, for both of us and, you know, a big golden guitar and, uh, I think there's still a few things kind of getting um, uh, put into place. Uh, and, yeah, you'll definitely be able to see me with Amber as well. I'll be opening for her uh, for her Tamworth show. So people can keep an eye on your social media and or website. And uh, at the time we're speaking, the official program has not been released because I'm waiting for my hard copy. So I know <laughs> that. Um, but once people get the official program, they can see where you are. Um, and in the meantime, I look forward to still more new music from you because clearly there will be other signals to come. Oh yes, I'm very excited. You can tell. I'm, I'm, I'm. There's, there's more, and I'm excited. <laughs> so good to talk to you, Bonnie. Thanks for your time. So good to talk to you too, Sophie. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.